0: This episode of the School of Laughs podcast is brought to you by Patreon supporter Maria Tucker. If you'd like to find out how you can support the podcast through a small monthly donation, visit schooloflaughscom forward slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thanks, Maria. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by Schooloflaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the podcast. Rick Roberts here. I've got an interview today with Leslie Norris. Townsend. If you don't know about Leslie, she's a very funny lady. Went from being a uh, beauty queen back in the day to help pay the bills after her parents passed away in her teen years and developed her comedy chops, got invited to perform at Disney, was offered a contract by Disney, had to turn that down to go back to college, and then eventually she wound up in Los Angeles where she uh, did an improv workshop and met all kinds of funny people, names you'd recognize like Henry Wrinkler, uh, Ray Liotta, Brian Cranston, Jack Lemmon, Jimmy Brogan, And then how that group got her the courage to go out and audition for Star Search. And we talk about that Star Search journey and how she uh, plotted out her sets, made sure she had strong material throughout the entire audition and in the actual contest, and how some of the other contestants in the contest wanted to split the prize money even before the finals because they thought she might be winning it and they wanted to cut. Very interesting story. We'll get to that in just a second. I do want to tell you next week on the podcast we're going to be going over our goals. For 2017. And if you weren't around last year listening to the podcast at this time, I like to do this every year. And I've put together a Goals Tracker worksheet. It's actually uh, pretty pretty in-depth. And I'm going to be going through that on next week's podcast. And you can get a copy of that if you sign up for the Insider Tips newsletter. And all you have to do to be on that list is shoot me an email, schooloflast at gmail.com. And in the subject line put Insider Tips Sheet slash Goals Tracker. And I'll make sure I get this Goals Tracker sheet before the podcast airs next week so you can follow along during the podcast and look at your own worksheet and maybe fill out some goals for yourself for 2017. So, again, to get that Goals Tracker worksheet ahead of the podcast, uh, go ahead and send me an email, schooloflasts at gmail.com. Put insider tip sheet and Goals Tracker in the subject line that'll automatically enroll you in the monthly insider tip newsletter and I'll send you this goals tracker worksheet as well. If you're listening to this podcast, you know, after launch date, three or four months or even a year down the line, go ahead and shoot me that email anyway and I'll get that goals tracker worksheet to you so you have it. Uh, Cover over 40 different areas where you might have different goals. We take inventory of where we're at now so we can check back and see if we grew anything in the next year, whether it's business, how many jokes we had, how much time on stage, all kinds of great stuff. So shoot me that email. All right, let's get into this week's interview with Leslie Norris Townsend. Well, I'm here with Leslie. How's it going, ma'am?
1: Fantastic! I'm so excited to not be on the farm. Are you kidding?
0: I know all the way. I get to
1: talk to a person.
0: (laughs) The farm in Ohio (laughs) is a whole different ball of wax, isn't it? It
1: is. It certainly is. You just you just give laughs to the animals: cows, chickens, (laughs) corn whatever
0: yeah I, so
1: a human being is fabulous to talk to
0: this is going to be a whole different day for <laughs> you first time i'm i'm trying to think the first time i met you was probably i uh,
1: hired you for a job i think for helena grain yeah, yeah. grain and i had done the gig i was living up in ohio and i was kind of booking a little bit and then she called me again and i i knew you had d- done the fight for live thing and of course anybody in rural america is probably goes bonkers for that so it's such an easy you're just an easy sell oh thanks <laughs> you're that's an good easy to know sell. <laughs> so I just pitched you and then you came down and you were so funny
0: oh thank you that was a fun
1: but you're so professional and that is the key to doing stand-up you got to marry the show to the business and that's why you are probably way more successful than me
0: cause oh, no but <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you had the gig first so. well <laughs> I, yes. was right, I was <laughs> riding your coattails lady <laughs> That was funny. So I remember doing that, and I remember it was kind of wintry time, maybe right before freezing. Christmas. It was freezing. It was very cold. And
1: it was icy.
0: And uh, But I remember the gig was good. The food was good. The
1: food is always good. In this and, you know, people in the Midwest, they just want the food,
0: really. Oh, it's sugar, butter, and salt all yes, day long. It and was really good.
1: fried, 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 mm-hmm. and yeah. bland.
0: But you had done, in the Hollywood thing, the, yeah. the star search. I started
1: so, my stand-up career in, in Hollywood. So tell was, me
0: about like the mm-hmm. very first step. Like When did you want to go somewhere and do stand-up and be funny? I know you wanted to be an actress as well. I was a beauty arts? queen.
1: I have a, I am truly the fish out of water. Nobody I did not pick stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy picked me. I did not I don't think women. We were talking about how, how men uh, there's so few women doing stand-up. Well, I think it's because the lifestyle and and the whole deal of it is so Different from what a woman would be attracted to, and I was such a prissy beauty queen. I was, I did beauty queens to pay for my college education because I had, I was, my parents had died when I was a teenager. Really? Like a young teenager. And I had two, I had three children, and my sisters and brothers had one older brother, but the two in, in back of me were in tow. So I had to work, and when I was in college, I was at Berry College in Rome, Georgia. And I was 18 years old, and I had, I had a theater scholarship. And the, there was a pageant, and they would pay for my next tuition. So I entered it because talent was 40%. And the reason why I did stand-up was I had lost the Miss Florida pageant. I had been in the, the state pageant, and I was working at Disney. Oh, from college in Georgia, Disney picked me up. Okay. I sent him a tape. I was 18. Singing,
0: acting? No, I was a, a musical comedy. Okay. Uh, yeah.
1: It was the Hoop Dee Doo review at Disney World. It was brand new and I they had started as a college thing. Uh, f- 10,000 people auditioned and four women were selected.
0: Wow. And
1: I was selected, and some of it was. Um, Uh, improvised so we were also writing jokes but who knew you were writing jokes when you're just in the play you know you rehearse for three weeks and then you get on and it was just for the summer it was just and then i got paid and i got college credit also for it so um that's how i kind of started the comedy because i was picked as the comedian on it and it was just such a big hit when we, when we opened Disney started making money immediately. It was just a huge hit. So after the three months there, they offered me a full time job uh, with Disney Productions, but I had to sign for five years. But I went. I wanted to go back to college because I was just eighteen. You uh-huh. know, I was just a kid, so I went back to college the next year. And that year, uh, my mother had been sick. So that year, my mother dies. Right. So I did the pageants, and I became first runner-up to Miss Georgia. So after that year, I went to—the Hoopty-Doo offered me more money to come back to Orlando. So then while I was doing that at night, I went to college in the daytime in Orlando, and I became Miss Orlando because I needed the money because my mother was dead now, and my father was drinking heavily. So I had to, I had to figure out the money thing. Right. So then I went to Miss Florida and became first runner-up, so I didn't win. So I'm the loser. From the loss came the stand-up. Gotcha. That's what happened, and then Disney offered me a deal at Disneyland, so I would open up the Coke Pavilion and I'd be in the Kids of the Kingdom, and I did all. You know, I was like, I was always kind of swing because I never was great at anything, but I was great at auditioning. So the the point is, is when I went back to L.A., I lived in Anaheim, and during that, I auditioned for the Paramount Studios improv group called the Harvey Lembeck Improvisational Workshop. And who was in the class? Jimmy Brogan, Chris Lemon, Jack Lemon would come in, Henry Winkler, Brian Cranston sat right next to me for years. I was in the improv group for five years. Wow. Great at improvisation. What a talent. Yeah, yeah. Who knew he was going to be this huge star? Ray Liotta was in my class. So the boom of the stand-up was happening at the same time. So my teacher... In the class, which was Harvey Lambeck, you know who he was? Yes. Harvey Lambeck said to me when I did this character called the Miss America character. Right. And the Miss America character was the girl that lost, the bitter beauty queen. So my teacher says to me, you need to go down to the improv and do open mic. On Melrose. uh, The improv on Melrose. What did I know? I never been to a comedy show.
0: Right, so and you're going says, down there as the Miss America so character. I
1: go in – well, I always had this rip-away thing, which I had the the one-piece swimsuit, the banner, and I played the saxophone at the end. You know. <laughs> Great. That was my talent. So I did it, and, like, everything changed for me. Everybody was coming up, oh, do you have an agent? Because they had never seen anything like this. Right. And it was just the girl that – I did the girl that beat me, really. But nobody knows that, but that's who I did, and I made fun of her. Who knew?
0: But we're not done with you yet because you – through the agent showcase and all that stuff, how did you get from there to, to the Star Search show?
1: I auditioned for six years to be on the Star Search, and I had an agent at the time. So I I go down. It was Improv at Melrose. And, and you know, it's a very um, uh, industry crowd, which means, industry crowd means that they're not going to really they're gonna
0: laugh. They're not going to laugh. They're analyzed, no. and they're, they're making analyzed, decisions.
1: They're like comics watching comics. So I went out, and I did two minutes. I had two minutes on the audition. And what I did was... I did uh, a a setup and then got four tags. So I was the dumb blonde. You know, I was blonde back then, too. So, and my voice is just, you know, it is what it is.
0: Right. So you do that, and the response is really good. Oh,
1: it's just killed. Every time I And you know what else I did on Star Search? I did it. I did. I had six sets. If you do Last Comic Standing, you better have your ten sets ready. And I went backwards. I started with my worst.
0: I started with your worst and built up. Because
1: on Star Search every week you would come against their best
0: right. comics. Right.
1: So I was worried about going up against Bob and for for it. So I wanted the uh, the best last.
0: Yeah, yeah. Saved your hand grenade. That's which what I is
1: hard. You must. You know. It was true. It was. Um. It might have not worked. I mean. It. You know. It is risky.
0: It takes discipline.
1: It's risky, and you must be so into that you can do it, you know, because it's very
0: nerve-wracking.
1: So I won the first one, which was just surreal because, you know.
0: You're like, finally, just, I get a victory. Yeah,
1: I get a victory. So I win the first one. Then I go up the the second one. So every week you had to come up with a new 90 seconds. So I had, to, I had it all ready. I was all ready. I, and and my agent was worried about me. So now I win them all, and then I go to the semifinal. Now I'm thinking, this is it. This is the moment God has allowed me. I mean, every t- time I'd win, I just tears would just come down my face. I thought that, and I was really praying a lot during that time. Even though I hadn't, I hadn't really been that evangelical, but I was praying, "Thank you, Lord, that you're going to allow me to have this moment." Right. I knew there was a reason why I came in second all that time. That how could you win six of them? Then I win the semifinals. So before the semifinals, and then, then they had the second half. And so the other person wins the other half. So I was in the first half of the season.
0: Gotcha. Then you go so head-to-head at the end.
1: So then they have the two winners of the two semifinals go head-to-head. So, right. So now I win the whole first half. Now the second half, and I got $1,000 a show. That's what I got. But the winner got 100000 Right. I remember it was a big deal. So um, right before, it was Felicia Michaels and Bob Zaney were up against each other at the end of her half.
0: Uh-huh. On the other side. So,
1: so they caught the agent up, right? And Bob Zaney hadn't won his half. So he was going up against Felicia for her half. And then the next one would be the winner of the semifinals, on, her, on the B semifinals. So he, how did that work? He calls me up. He says, I want to do a deal. I want I want to split it three ways. I want to split the hundred thousand dollars three ways. And before I do the show with Felicia, I w- I want you to sign something. And so we'll all come out with th- thirty three thousand dollars. Thirty. Well, you know me. Yeah, yeah. Hey, So what do you think? I said. I said. So I said to Bob saying, I said, wait a minute. I already won my half. Why should I do that? When you haven't even won against. I said we'll talk about we'll talk about it after. So I. I wouldn't do the deal because in my heart and soul, I thought, I'm going to win this thing. Right. I I have paid my dues, right? So he goes up against Felicia and she beats him. So he's bumped. So now it's her is going to go against me. Her agent calls my agent and says, we want to split the thing because, see, they knew I was going to win because I was funny. I had better jokes. And so her agent calls my agent. and, And so Bruce Smith from Omnipop calls me up and says, they want to split it. You want to, he, says, he says, what do you want to do? And I said, well, what do you want to do? He says, well, it's up to you. He says, you know, $50,000 is a lot of money. So you know me. I just said, she knows I'm going to win. I said, this is mine. You tell them to move out of the way. We're, we're, we're not there for the bronze medal. We're there for the gold medal. And I could hear him, you know, kind yeah. of on the other end, kind of be upset because, yeah. he, you know, there goes his 10 grand, his sure thing 10 grand.
0: Right, bird in the hand.
1: And, and he couldn't believe it. So he says, if that's what you want, I'm with you all the way. He got to the show. And I was a little worried because they wanted to put me first. So there, I didn't follow any comics, I was the opener. But even still, I was a little worried because I had to. Break the ice. So I... But I knew in my... But in my heart, I just said, what would Bette Midler do? And I know it's mine, so I go out there and I kill. I did kill. And then she comes out and she kills. Then at the end of the show... There we are, both of us, and there's Ed McMahon. You know, he'd open up that envelope just like in a beauty pageant. And I remember in those beauty pageants, I'd watch the lips. I'd to watch his lips. To say your name? <laughs> like I'd wait for him to say Leslie because every week he would open up that envelope and say right. And I just knew. I just knew that he would open up the envelope, and he opens up the envelope, and he says, Felicia. We might as well just... That was probably the worst moment of my whole life. That, yeah. That's one of those moments that you just, they stay, even to this day, it's 20 years, 22 years later. I mean, it, he, he, I can remember the moment. It's like somebody shot me in the gut. I hunched over. I cried so, I turned around because you hear the music. Da, 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 and it starts to go in slow motion. Da, 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 and then the people, you know, the people like went, I mean, they could, you could tell I should have won. Because you could hear the audience response, and like you could see their faces. You remember in the movie Rocky where their faces get <laughs> right. grotesque, right. and it goes into slow motion, and you can see the sweat come off of the brow, and I, that's that's what it was like. I turned around, and in slow motion, I, and I'm bawling, and I'm crying so hard that I, that my eyes got, I went off stage, and there, and I could hear in the background, and here's your hundred, you know. The hundred thousand dollars, and all I could think is how could God let this happen to me you know what how wrong I, I, I just i I never cursed, so I wouldn't have cursed God, but it was it was not pretty, it was not a pretty sight in my dressing room because there were my girlfriends, and there was my agent, and we we just cried like babies,
0: yeah,
1: just it was just an awful moment,
0: It's like, what, what did you learn out of that
1: everything because I thought. If you really believe in who you are, you know, you take risks. And sometimes you win, and who knew better than me than to lose? It was my third time. Third time, you know, three strikes, you're out. But I didn't think that. I just got back up again, and, you know, it was hard. It took me a while. And, of course, I kept working. And the end result was 20 years later, my kid wants to go to college. And I'm living on a farm in Ohio. And my, my big boy wanted to go to college. And, of course, it's $100,000 to go to college. And I say to him, you just do the work. Don't worry about the money. The money will come. And, you know, in your, in your head, you're your dad. You know, in your head, you're thinking, how's a long oh, Man, how am I going to oh, come up yeah. with this money? And um, I get a call from Ohio State, and they say, and he, they say, we want to give your son a scholarship. And I say, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. He says, we want to give him $25,000. And I said, oh, thank you. He said, no, wait a minute, Mrs. Townsend. We want to give him $25,000 for four years. We want to give him $100,000. I mean, Rick, I dropped the phone. All I could hear was the phone was (laughs) da-da-da-da-da. And I heard him yelling out, Leslie. So you see, God was waiting to give me the 100000 when I needed it way more than I needed it as a, you know, twenty twenty five year old. I needed it for my kid to go to college. So you see, sometimes you don't know why those doors close. But you just have to you have to accept and move on. And that's like telling a joke if you're a stand up. Even you know you go on stage and, and stand up is you've got to try a new joke out. Like I tried a new joke out last week. I was up in Chicago, and I I, I almost thought it was like I won Star Search that they all applauded it, the, the joke, because it just was one line, and I and that you're constantly, being, or or you do a joke and they don't get it, right. or they don't laugh, or it's a new joke. No matter what, no matter who you are as a stand up, you must always be writing new material. It's it's all a process.
0: It never ends. It Keeps it going. That's the that's the fun. I of need it. to
1: write a book about it. I really do need to write a book, but I don't type.
0: Well, Leslie, thanks for being here today. Thank thanks for sharing so the stories. That. Lots of encouragement. Was it stuff.
1: interesting or was it boring? It
0: was fascinating. Really? Yeah, I can't wait to go back and listen to it.
1: Really? Yeah. No way. Yeah, let's Thank go grab you some so lunch. Much. Okay.
0: Well, there you go. Short and sweet, but. Packed full of information and inspiration. I thought uh, Leslie, very funny lady. You can find out more about her. I've got links to her website and some videos on the com website. So check that out. Hey, don't forget to request the Goals Tracker worksheet so you can follow along with next week's podcast as we set goals for 2017. Mm-hmm. Simply shoot an email to schooloflast at gmail.com, put insider tip sheet slash goals tracker in the subject line. I'll get that to you so you can participate in the podcast, kind of make it interactive next week. Hey, an iTunes review came in. Thank you very much for doing those. I still would love to get to 100 reviews before the end of the year. That was one of my goals for this year, and we're nine shy. So if you've thought about leaving an iTunes review, help me out. Help a brother out. Leave one. Uh, If you don't know how to do it, shoot me an email. I'll I'll send you a little tutorial so you can figure it out a lot easier. This one comes in from John Feltz on December eighth, two 2016 says Rick's podcast has been essential in motivating me to further my comedy career and push the boundaries in all areas. I have already implemented the tips and techniques into my recent performances and seen a real difference. I've also been able to expand on the business side, making my content available in many more ways than before. Whether he's got a guest on who shares mistakes we can learn from or a pro who shows us what we can avoid or just ways to make sure we get the most out of comedy dollars we spend. Rick's podcast is a great companion to have on this comedy journey. Five stars for sure. Hey, thanks, John. I appreciate you listening, and I always appreciate your emails and messages, and I can tell you're out there hustling, trying to do the right thing the right way, and happy to be part of that comedy journey. That's going to wrap it up for this week. Make sure you tune in next week as we track our goals for 2017. In the meantime, be careful out there. Be careful Christmas shopping. And watch for those kids doing bottle flips. If one more kid flips a water bottle on the plane behind me, sitting down on the stupid... Seat back. Oh, I'm going to turn around and punch him. Okay. That's, that's something I've got to deal with. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.